somewhere internally I just had this strong feeling that came from somewhere deep inside of me that just said, well, life doesn't have to be this way. And there's an infinite potential for it. I didn't think, you know, a lot of people these days don't spend any time on their minds. Hey, this is our question and answer episode. We love getting the questions from you guys. It really gives us something to talk about and something to debate. Uh, just to reiterate, we don't know what these questions are, so we're straight off the cuff. Right, first question. What's your philosophy on creating wealth and what do you think about earning money versus keeping it? Well, I think the, Cameron, you brought this up a little bit in a previous podcast about, uh, or as a result of it, about earning money and keeping money. And it's uh, you know, something we talk about quite a lot. And it's super important because it's it's hammered into us, you know, as far as I can see, that to be wealthy means what do you have to show for it? You know, do you have a big house? Do you have a, yep. what kind of car do you drive? You know, what kind of clothes do you wear? What's a, And it's all about what we can show. And, you know, we talk about social media quite a lot, uh, you and I, and it's, you know, it's all about what we see on there, what we see in the magazines. And it's, it's drummed in time and time and time again, that that's what wealth is. But my practical experience is that, and I'll, I'll see people that have, that have done that and they'll come and go, I'm actually really in the muck. You know, uh, I think in our, in our podcast, you brought up rising interest rates and those types of things. And when those things occur, people that are indebted to get those things, you know, they're, they're, they might be making good money, but they're spending it and possibly even spending more of it to get, um, to get these things so that they can look rich. You know, we, we talked about rich versus wealthy uh, last time. And it's, they're in a vulnerable position, right? They're in a very, very vulnerable, possibly stressful position. Um, and that's about earning money. That's about earning what we can show. And keeping money, it's such a great way to say it because, you know, uh, something that I learned that really changed my life, one of my uh, mentors uh, taught me about financial freedom. And he said, uh, financial freedom to him, because I'd heard a bunch of different definitions of it. And he said, financial freedom is the day that we wake up never have to work again and and be able to have the life that we'd love to live and i really thought about that i yeah. thought of all the years because i'd been studying financial freedom and finance you know basically i wanted to have it and, and i you know whatever it was i wanted i knew i wanted to have it and i thought that really stuck with me it's the ability to live life as we want to and not have to work and you know very clearly we can work if we love to work but if we're going to be free we've got to be able to live the life that we really want to have and so from that, what for me came out of it was, well, there's only two ways to make money that, that I've ever found. And that's to earn it, work for it, or to have it work for itself and grow and, you know, in a future time, be able to draw from, you know, I, I'm not one that likes to draw down from it. That's not the way that I've learned or, or teach or that's not to draw down from it because I don't know how long I'm going to live. I don't want to deplete it, but it's to set it up in places that give a, an ongoing you know, income to be able, then that income replaces the income that we work for. And, you know, over time, that's going to replace. And if we get to that point where, hey, I can live like I want to, then, or, you know, my family can live like we want to, then that's, um, we're financially free. So, but in order to achieve that, it's keeping money. It's like, it's, we take a portion of what we make. I've learned and recommend and, and teach and have for a long time, take the first portion away and, and put it away and have it work for you and forget about it, right? It, forget about spending it. And, you know, sometimes it's not about what you have to show for it. I know Warren Buffett um, still drives around in a pickup truck, from my understanding, mm. and lives in a three-bedroom house. So and I'm not saying you have to do that either, but it's, it's um, you know, it's not about what we have to show for it. So, um, and really, I guess that's that's two questions in one for me, because that's my philosophy is, mm. is, you know, put the first portion away, think about a future. Yeah, live today. You know, I have some people say to me, well, what about today? What if I 
you know, died or whatever. And I'm like, my question is always the same. What if you don't, you know, think about both of those things, live for today and, and have something. So that's really my philosophy. I mean, um, in, term, in terms of it. Yeah, my philosophy about money and about building wealth is probably, it's quite simple. It's, you know, earn more than you spend. You know, if you're earning more than you spend, you can't go too far wrong. And then it's about being smart with it. I love money, don't get me wrong. I love what it can do for you. I, I, I used to love what it, what I can buy with it, but I'm probably more about what I can do with it, you know, now. And by having some money, you can do things like go on holiday for six months. You can take three months off work if you want to. You can go and um, pay to go and see a speaker that you want to go and see in Europe or it's what money enables you to do, I think is the most important thing about money rather than what it can buy you. Because what we, we're finding out is the things that you can buy with money, the possessions, they don't mean anything, you know, and they soon become old and they soon become, you know, they're actually just, they're not assets, you know, so they're actually depreciating. People are buying a lot of depreciation, depreciating assets for whatever and then in a year's time they're worth half of what they are so that's just eroding wealth whereas uh, building wealth to me is actually making your money work for you like Warren Buffett says working while you're sleeping so it's about investing it whether it be shares or property sometimes it's investing it in yourself I think some of the best money you can spend is investing in yourself you know I've been lucky enough that I'm into all these weird stuff that I've talked about cold plunges meditating, you know, I just went and bought myself a new cold plunge. You know, I was, when I started off, I was using an old chest freezer and I rigged up a, a DIY filter system and a pump system and an ozone making system. But I just went and spent, you know, 10 grand on on a cold plunge. And now I've got, you know, a really good one that does everything for me. And that's what money does. So that was an investment in myself. And to me, that was some of the best money that I've spent. Um, so that's kind of my philosophy with money. I'm not scared of it. I want, I want it, you know. And, um, but I'm trying to use it on things that uh, I can do rather than what I can get. Um, I think there's a big difference. The second part of that question, earning it and keeping it. I think a lot of people can earn money. They can have a wonderful year and work or a wonderful three or four years. But uh, real wealth is created over time in cycles, and it's about doing the right thing through the whole cycle of recession and a lot of people are forced because they're overcommitted to sell shares or to sell property in a recession when it's the wrong time to sell um, and to me it's about a long-term gain and having a future plan of what you're trying to do so it's a long burn um, and do smart stuff with it is the key to creating wealth and keeping it keeping it's more harder than actually earning it i think everyone can earn it um, and wealth, different things. You don't have to be millions of dollars. Wealth could be, you know, thousands of dollars. And to me, sometimes wealth can be that you can pay for the surgery that you need to have if you have a knee surgery or something like that. Or you can just decide that, hey, if you get laid off from your job, you're wealthy enough that you don't have to stress about it because you've got six months of savings in the bank so that you can just mm -hmm. sit there and wait for the right job to come up rather than having to take the first job that come in because you need to put bread on the on the table. So I think that's wealth to me as well. It's not like having hundreds of millions in the bank. It's about having enough to do what you want to do without stress.
So it's yeah. pretty simple, really. I'm pretty simple about wealth, but it all comes down to spending less than what you're earning. And so many people these days are spending what they're earning or sometimes more. Oh, a lot and of that, times. And more. that eventually catches up with you. Yeah. Yeah. It um, made me think of one thing, too, which is that, you know, I've just an experience. Once we have more, you know, that once we do spend less than, you know, we're making and do wise things with it, like I heard you saying, my experience is we, it actually opens up doors, like it, it creates more opportunities. And I've noticed that as I've done that, because I used to do the other, spend all of it, and I've actually had more opportunities to make more. And as, I've, as I'm looking after it better, more of it comes to look, you know, to look after better. So it's, it's, uh, it's like they, it works in a cycle, doesn't it? Do you know what I've found? I've found as I've got wealthier, I've realized that because I can have certain things, I don't want them. And what I mean by that is when I was earlier in my career, I wanted to have, you know, one of the first cars that I wanted to have was a holding club sport. And I, I just wanted to have it, you know. And I, I probably when I bought that car, I had a, had a loan on it. Um, and when I, I, I got it, I thought it would make me happy. I'm in a situation now and I've owned Lamborghinis and all sorts of different cars. I can kind of go and buy any car that I want to buy at the moment and I don't, you know, like I kind of been looking around for cars and, you know, not to put on Instagram, but, you know, I can buy any car out there that I really want to buy and I'm not even that excited about it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not talking about toy cars, I'm talking about a work car, I've had the same work car now for three years, it's a Mercedes, it's a great car, you know, I could go and buy another one two years ago if I wanted to and replace it every year, but I just don't because I know that it's not something that I'm excited about doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really interesting how I've gone from spending my money. I used to kind of upgrade my cars every year or change my cars every year. But, you know, I get fussier on what I want to buy as well because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm actually now looking around for the car that I really want and it's hard. You Maybe know? have greater appreciation yeah. for it than just just yeah doing it to do it. it. It's mm. really funny how when you can when you can buy anything, you don't want anything. It's like Warren Buffett and it's like Bill Gates. They've got so much money, they can literally have anything in the world and they still wear, you know, they don't wear designer label clothes. Warren Buffett, as you said, lives in his three-bedroom house he's lived in for 60 years. You know, they can have anything in the world and they, they have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what we do find is that the stuff we want, we don't really want. Yeah. We actually want it for other people, not for ourselves. Except for what you said, you know, like when I heard you talk about your um, your cold plunge, like that's something that means something to yeah. you, right? And then that's money worth yeah. worth spending in there. Yeah, but I've got these plus. these things in my mind that I want to do at the moment. Like I want to go to, you know, I want to go to Europe and do uh, a retreat with Wim Hof because I'm big on cold plunge and I want to. You can actually pay, and every year he does a retreat, and you can go with him and you know meet Will. And I think that's the advantage of having. Yeah, having money is that you can actually put yourself in these situations where you can go and meet people and do experiences that, you know, unfortunately you can only do with money. Mm-hmm. But the people that you can use to connect yourself with would be amazing, you know? Well, that's a great philosophy. I mean, how about, you know, money is there to help you live the life you want to live, yeah. right? If it's used for that. And that's a great philosophy, isn't it? I, and I think what we're saying is that for now and the future as well. Yeah. yeah. Interesting topic. It is, but I, think well, if, I have a feeling we might do a whole, whole yeah. podcast on that one sometime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, second question. So both of you are obviously very good at what you do. You've found your, what you naturally comes naturally to you. How did you find what that was? And how did you know that it was the thing when you came across it? 
look, I'm really good at real estate, but I think real estate is not about houses and it's not about real estate, it's about people. So I stumbled into real estate and it was just kind of lucky that real estate's about people and I love talking to people and hearing people's situations and trying to come up with a solution to it and that's really the basis of real estate. So I think I had a little bit of luck, maybe the universe was working for me, but um, I think I kind of stumbled into the perfect job for me. Um, so I don't think I did anything smart about it, I didn't work hard, but I think I knew that I was, you know, I think one of the big things in life is to know your strengths, know your weaknesses. And everyone says to me, how did you become me? Why am I so successful? How am I so good at real estate? And I look back and I think, shit, I don't really know. You know, I don't know what I've done. I feel like I've worked really hard, but I feel like anyone can work really hard. But when I think about it today, almost 20 years down the track, I think that I've been really good at surrounding myself by the right people. So I've always been able to say to myself, hey, I'm really good at this, I'm gonna keep doing this, but I'm not really good at that, and I'm gonna find someone else to do that better than me. Mm. So I've, I've got people around me, because no one can do it by themselves. You know, Bill Gates, Michael Jordan, all these Elon Musk, they can't do it by themselves, they need other people around them. And I've been really good at identifying what, where I need help, where I need people around me, and then finding the right people to go into those things. So know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and play for your strengths. Mm -hmm. That's probably what I've been good at in life. How about you? Um, for me, it was really just, um, it was, my life really led me there. Like, um, I've shared my story quite a lot about, uh, you know, going down a you know, negative mental pathway or a, um, a stressful mental pathway, getting onto drugs, uh, ending up on the streets. And, you know, um, I call it um, destitute, both financially and mentally and everything else. And I, for me, it was just that, you know, but I don't think I'm unique in this. I think our life circumstances do guide us in some, you know, particular way. And for me, it was just that it born a hunger. There, there came that day where uh, I talk about the space needle moment and where I looked up and saw the tower and, and that was the moment that I realized there was that this life didn't have to be that way. There was, you know, I, I had this epiphany somewhere internally that there was actually infinite potential for life. And I was meant, my life as a metaphor was meant to be on top of the tower, not down, you know, where I was, which was well below the ground. And I, so I just started naturally seeking, like I, that gave me questions. What, what is potential and how do you fulfill it? And you know, I love questions. I think questions are one of the most amazing things about life because when we ask them, we always get answers. And, mm. you know, so I started asking and um, looking for people who could give me the best answers. And so I started to learn some things. I, mean, I went through some ups and some downses and, you know, some things really didn't work or, you know, worked temporarily, um, kind of felt hyped up and then, you know, nothing was moving. And then that made me ask more questions. And eventually I got to some things that really made a difference for me. And I just kept going with them. And I noticed that my life was improving. And for me, I just remember this. It was kind of like, I think when you've been through stuff, you have a natural inclination to want to help someone else that's going through it. I think it's just human, you know, human, the way we feel. And so I started doing that. Like I started out with, you know, people on, uh, um, that were on drugs and, you know, how can I share my story with them? And then, it, you know, as I learned other things, I wanted to share that. And look, I'm, I will say that it it um, it took something after that. Like I knew that that's what I loved. And, and I, I knew that, that that's just what I did every day. And I, I think 
you know, if we actually look and don't judge ourselves, we, we find what we're good at. And I, I could see that, you know, I may have not thought in those days, hey, I'm good at this, but I did it every day. People would come to me and say, hey, that really meant something to me that you shared that or whatever it was. And then I remember the search, even through when I went back to university after all of that, and I was on the search. How do I do this? And I remember I think, oh, maybe I should be a teacher. And then I thought, um, I really wanted to help people awaken to their to who they really were. And there was a bit of an astral like phys physics element to that. Oh, should, maybe I should go into physics because that's the study of the universe and how everything works. And I really went through some, you know, a bit of hard, kind of heartache is not the right word, but it was a real kind of struggle. How do I do that? How do I do what I want to do? But my thing is I kept asking the question. And if I ever say anything to anybody, keep asking the question, you know, what do you, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want to be doing? And then it was a progression. It just led to, uh, I got into some work where I became a bit of a mentor to, to people. Um, and then I just, it was a progression for me. And then one day I just woke up, something had happened. Um, it was a business that I was involved in and through a series of circumstances, just um, uh, something quite significant happened with it that wasn't in anyone's control. And um, I just remember waking up going, what I've always really wanted to do is just directly share what I know with people and help them to get a result. And, and that's when I, I started doing this. So I think as a broad thing to answer the question for me, uh, it, your life tells you, I don't think you have to go and find it. You know, as, as you said, Cameron, you got put into it and then you just found out you shine, you shone there. And that's, I, I don't think life is going to steer us wrong. I think if we're meant to be somewhere, it's going to put us there. And, you know, we just got to ask I think the question. it also doesn't feel like work. You know, like I, I remember when I started my real estate career, I actually, I loved it. You know, I love the excitement of it and the, the 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 chase and the hunt and in real estate, you know, you eat what you kill and I love that attitude. I love that that, that word. And, you know, I, I still get excited about that today. So, you know, like 19, 20 years down the track, I I'm kind of I am kind of good at the moment. I, I, I could I could flick the switch and not work anymore if I wanted to and live off yeah. my, my, my buildings and the properties that we own. But I actually go to real estate and I, I meet people every week that I think I love doing this, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're making me think something too, because I, I was just talking to someone this week um, about this topic and, and they were saying, you know, am I on the right track and what should I do? And we were working on their, their, uh, their kind of their mission or, or you know, what, what was their direction? And I just got to say to them, you know, it didn't, I didn't stop and think about it, but it just really came to me and it's coming to me now. Because, you know, we're, we're, I wouldn't say old hat, Cameron, well, we've been around doing what we're doing for a while yeah. now, both of us. And, you know, what I said to them was, because my, my work's all about breakthroughs, right? It's that, it's that moment of breakthrough where somebody gets, they break through to some new level of, of who they are or what they want to do or clarity or whatever it is or breakthrough limitation. And I said, you know, it's 30 years in some form or fashion I've been doing this. I get as much, you just reminded me, I get as much fulfillment and satisfaction. I would probably say even more satisfaction out of that moment than I did when I first started. And I think that's key because if, if something gives you that much joy, like you, you, as you said, you could do anything you want, but that interaction, you know, and um, it, it's there. I think that's how you find what you're good at because you, you never get enough of it and it, you still get that, that fulfillment I, and joy I, I think, it. I mean, last thing, also having a, uh, an understanding that it's not always going to be, you're not always going to love it. You know, there's parts of my job that I don't love, and there's days that I have that are shit, and there's, you know, sometimes you get punched in the guts, and and, and you think, ah, oh, you know, this is bad, yeah. but the majority of it you love. Yeah. You know, and you always you come get, back to that thing, yeah, don't right. you? It pulls yeah. pulls you back in. Yeah.
Uh, so last question is, what is your biggest mistake you've made? Hit, it hits hard. The, that's a big question, you know, because like you learn through your mistakes. So I kind of look back and I don't regret anything that I've done really in life because they've made me who I am now and they've made me, you know, they've given me knowledge and wisdom and, and experiences. So I don't regret anything. But one of the probably the biggest things that I've, I probably regret is I had a belief when I started real estate that if I worked as much as I could and provided money for the kids and for Kim and the family, then they'd be happy. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I did. I worked and worked and worked and thought that if I was the provider, everything was going to be happy. But essentially what I've done is neglected them because all they wanted, I thought they wanted the money that I provided and the lifestyle that I could provide, but really they want my time. And that's probably the biggest mistake that, you know, I've made is thinking that by providing my kids money and choices that they'd love me more and, you know, I was wrong, you know. So, and I I still struggle with that today. I still, I honestly work for my kids. I think, you know, I don't want to be sexist about it, but I think as a male, it's easy to go into the providing role. And I just went into the providing role and I just thought, if I do this, Kim's going to be happy, Addison and Scarlett are going to be happy, and we're all going to be happy, and then I'd be happy as well. But if anything, I was making everyone unhappy. And then, you know, I actually missed out on the first five years of my kid's life. Um, You know, our relationship broke up. Um, All of these things, just through me actually, in my own mind, I was actually doing what I should be doing as a father and as a partner and for our family. And it got me exactly what I didn't want. Mm, Wow. Well, I just took that in for a minute. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a bit like you, Cameron. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm part of my work is going, hey, there aren't mistakes because, you know, we what we see as a mistake is our opportunity for for growing. And yeah. I, you know, so that that it takes me a little bit to go. I don't see anything as a mistake now. But it, um, as as you're sharing, what, what's coming up for me is, uh, yeah, if I think back. Uh, what I would, I guess, if I use the word regret, which I don't like to use or mistake, for me, it's that I've let fear um, stop me from being honest about my feelings uh, with with the people I care about. Mm-hmm. And I think about that that really started back when um, something happened when I was a kid and I felt really hurt by my parents and, you know, I felt the situation was really unfair But instead of, it was a real pivotal moment in my life. Um, I talk about perceived traumatic moments and this is the one I was in. But instead of saying to my parents, hey, I really feel, um, you know, that something was unfair. or I feel like, you know, I'm really um, upset or sad here, you know. And instead I turned into a um, spoiled brat and got really angry. And then for years after that, you know, I mean, I, I was, apparently my mother used to tell me I was this placid kid. And then all of a sudden I turned into... They used to call me the spoiled brat. It was that like um, just aggro and because I was her and, and instead of knowing how to talk about it, I, I, co- I covered it with an anger domination, you know, type of thing. And then that lasted, you know, even into, um, into my marriage, you know, instead of, um, you know, and I'm just really thankful to have the work I have, but that's been a process. And, you know, I got into my marriage and instead of just knowing how to say, you know what, I feel really fearful right now, or I, I feel really vulnerable at the moment with you, I got angry. And, you know, that's the thing that I regret is sort of 
the way that I acted with the people I love and care about the most because I was too afraid to just get honest about, you know, how I was feeling. So, yeah, that that would be my biggest, I guess, if I call it a mistake, that'd be my biggest mistake that, um, you know, somehow if I could change that. You know, I, I think I we've all got that in our lives in some way, haven't we? You know, like feelings and emotions and they're so hard to talk about. You know, I'm, I'm the same. I bottle it all up and I don't say anything. And, you know, I, I, I'm i still learning to be able to talk about how I feel and mm-hmm. what I want. And we've had some challenges with our children and at d- different stages as everybody does. And, you know, sometimes someone said to me, and I, I never forget it, the most the most angry people, the most, I can't remember if it's angry or upset or they need the most love. Yeah. That's what they're basically showing you. The, yeah. the people that act like they, they don't need it need the most of it. That, yeah. And they're trying to protect, aren't they? Yeah. Trying to protect something that doesn't really need yeah. protecting. Mm. Mm. Wow, that was a great good question. Lessons. Yeah. That was a good yeah. question. Mm.